All right, we're starting the series on display. We finished up a series where, uh, where we talked about the only thing, the only thing that Jesus uh, has for us or tells us to do is to remain in him. And now we're taking that and taking it a step further. And, and if, uh, if you didn't catch any of the series, I, I encourage you to catch up uh, with that on our app. You can download, you can get our, our sermon straight to, your, to the app there. Uh, also, then um, we take that series, we build on that, and then um, now this series is about, well, if we remain in Jesus, what is our life actually going to look like? And Paul, a guy who, who started out as a Christian killer, who got knocked off his donkey on the way to Damascus, God showed up, Jesus showed up, later he ended up writing over two-thirds of what we now know of as the New Testament. And all of those, all of that, all, all of Paul's writings, all they were were letters to churches, either churches he started or churches he heard about. And he, and he wrote to them to encourage them and to challenge them to grow in Jesus and to remain in him. And he wrote this letter uh, to a church in, in, in Colossae that we call Colossians. I mean, these, these, these titles get deep when we talk about, you know, naming biblical books and stuff. And so... Thankfully, we just didn't decide to go Paul 1, Paul 2, Paul 13. So uh, at least they're, they're uh, dif- differentiated like, like that. But he wrote this letter because some, uh, some people were teaching some things in this church that didn't jive with the teaching of Jesus of remain in me. And he, he was teaching them uh, a, a proper, uh, uh, the, the proper teachings of Jesus of what life would look like uh, pretty much on display for him. And so if, if, if you're kind of like me, you go, wait a minute, hold on, time out. My life, man, I've jacked my life up. If we take it from the standpoint of putting our life against a perfect and holy God, you're going, wait a minute, me on display for God? That's not possible. That's not possible. And he starts off this letter with a prayer about how that actually is possible. 1 Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. We're not going to take verse by verse through, through Colossians our reading plans, which we have uh, reading plans back on our back connection table, right? Gideon, we got those taken care of. This has been, this has been a morning, let me tell you. This has been a morning. Everything, everything just has not worked properly, just absolutely at all not worked. Uh, I had to go back home to jump my wife's van uh, because nothing worked this morning. No, Gideon, no, okay? So he has another phrase in his mind. Um, so there are connection, or there are uh, reading plans back there. We're going to read through Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, which I consider to be the on-display letters, where Paul tells these four churches, about well, three churches and one guy, about how to be on display for Christ. And you can get a verse by verse through that, and we blog and et cetera. But, but the, during these six weeks, we are going to just take uh, uh, sections of Colossians and teach on them. You can open up your app, follow along in the resources in, in the uh, Crosspoint app or the Bible app as well. You can follow along there 
I'm going to throw them up on the screen. Colossians 1.9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins the first question paul answers is this what what do we need to know what do we need to obtain in order to be on display for him two things in particular he said we ask god this is the prayer this is the prayer these are stuff this is stuff that we cannot possibly do on our own this is the prayer we ask god to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding first of all first of all first of all knowledge of his will in order to be on display for him, we have, to, we have to know his will. Now, when we talk about, when we talk about, when that word knowing gets thrown out in the church, I actually start to get nervous. Because what many people think when they hear the word knowing, is like, oh yeah, I need to go to CPO or Lifeway and buy another book. It's not, that's not what we're talking about here. There's two different types of knowing. Our English language only has one. If you know Spanish, there's a couple of different types of knowing. And other languages like Spanish show that. But there is a head knowing, a factual knowing, and there is an experiential knowing. For instance, I know that it is a fact that the Royals have won their first two series games these past two days. I also know that it is a fact that the Chicago Cubs beat the St. Louis Cardinals. As a fact. Man, no, boy, wow. Like, that's rough, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. But I did not really experience any of that. Yeah, sure, I can watch it or listen to it, but I didn't experience that with the team. That's a different level of knowing. Knowing God's will. We cannot be on display without knowing God's will. What the Father wants. But also spiritual, spiritual wisdom and understanding. But really, instead of, instead of that word spiritual, really what Paul is talking about is kingdom understanding and wisdom. Kingdom wisdom and understanding. Our minds and our hearts are bent away from God's kingdom and God's will. In Romans 12, Paul says that we have to have our minds renewed and we have to be a living sacrifice. We have to sacrifice our mind, our hearts, our desires to be able to know and understand things of God's will and God's kingdom. And this is why Paul prays this for Colossians, because, because this is not something that we can do on our own. It's something that God has to do in us. But why obtain this? Why pursue this? Why go after this? Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Other, uh, other translation says that, that, that you will walk worthy, walk worthy of the Lord. Like, wait a minute. I didn't think we have to earn our salvation. You don't. This is after salvation. 
And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And we talked about fruit last series, that fruit is, is this life transformation, that, that we once were bent on, on our own direction and our own will and our own kingdom, and now our life produces fruit for the kingdom of God. All the while, you grow as you learn to know God better and better. But notice he did not say know about God better and better. But you can know God better and better. Think about that. The chance to be and know God, be with God and know God. The God who created the universe. You can have a personal relationship with him. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. See, he's not saying that we know a bunch of facts about God, but that we know him personally. Now, let's, let's illustrate this this way. Every guy in here, every guy in here, if you were smart this morning, you would say you married up. Right? Fellas, I'm throwing a softball out there for you. you know, helping you out. There we go. There we go. That you married up. But some, some, some guys use that phrase to, to continue to act like a tool. Oh, yeah, I leave my underwear everywhere. I married up. She's so much better than me. You know, sure, I pee all over the seat, but I married up. She's so much better than me. We often utilize that phrase to still act like a tool. We do that same thing with God. See, God talks about us being the church, being the bride of Christ. We're like, we married up so I can still be a tool. What if, what if, instead of, instead of utilizing that phrase to still act like a tool, fellas, that we say, we've married up, so I'm going to walk worthy of the wife that I married up to. Ladies, another softball, but you, didn't, you, you just didn't, I mean, you, none of you are interested in that? None of you are interested in that? <laughs> there you go, there you go. A little bit of help there. What if, what if we decided to live worthy of the wife we married up to? What's that going to take? Not knowing about our wife, it's going to take knowing our wife. Now, God created men to show God's simple side, right? What you see is what you get. God is the same today and yesterday and forever, amen, that describes why he created men. When you read the Bible and you completely do not understand what God is doing, that's why he created women, right? Right? Just going... Not the same yesterday, today, and forever. We just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? So, so, so we've got to know our wives. This is the same thing with God. And see, if we know our wife and we live a life worthy of the wife that we married up to, what will happen? Fruit will be produced. A life transformation will be produced. Two lives will become one. This is the same exact thing with God. And see, fellas, we don't live worthy of the wife that we married up to to earn her love or to win her love. Supposedly, you've already done that, right? You've got the ring, the, the paper, etc. You don't even do it for her to stay in love with you. 
you do it to grow and stay in love with her. You live worthy of the wife that you married up to. You continue to know her better and better and better. Why? To stay in love with her. Not to earn her love. Not to win her love. Not to keep her, to, 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 to keep her in love with you. To stay in love with her. Falling out of love is a misnomer. We fall out of walking worthy of the spouse that we married. And it's the same thing with God. We walk worthy of the Lord. We grow in knowing Him better and better and better. And we see fruit that's produced. And that keeps our love for, love, for God. That keeps us in love with God. And see, that's what's going to happen if, if, if we are on display for Him. But we still got this problem, right? We still are humans. We still are humans. And, and you're telling me that I, I need to be on display for God, a perfect, holy, amazing God? How can that happen? Paul answers that. We also pray. We're still, we're still in prayer. We are still asking God to do something we cannot do ourselves. We pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. That was... I told you, I told you, nothing has worked right. And our stage is falling apart. Right. I kept hearing... I kept hearing, well, I just kept hearing ringing. Yeah, I it's, yeah. kept hearing bass, and it's all about the bass. Um, squirrel. That's <laughs> the granddaddy of all squirrels that's ever ran through here. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. How is he going to put us on display? God's going to give us his power for endurance, patience. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, sitting at a red light, patience, or I'm not talking about how am I going to live through this day with my kids, patience. I'm talking about that diagnosis, patience. How am I going to live with this? I'm talking about he or she sat me down and said, this, I can't go on. How am I going to live with this patience? I'm talking about we miscarried or it was stillborn. Patience. Patience that we have situations in life and we just don't know what's going to happen and how we're going to live. What's, but what Paul says is that God gives us his power to strengthen us. Now let's put this all in perspective. Here's a picture of the Grand Canyon. I really don't care how long you think it took for God to form that. See, those debates and those arguments get us off the main topic, God's power. God's power formed that. How big does that cancer seem right now? 
How, does, how big does that diagnosis seem? In light of God's power, how big does that situation seem? Let's consider the cosmos. That, as I saw on the internet this week, that is called the elephant's trunk. It's somewhere in the cosmos. That little elephant's trunk that shoots up there is 20 light years long. I don't know how long that is. Again, I don't care how long you think it took God to form that. It's not the important discussion. The important discussion is the power that it took to form that. And what about the power that it takes to sustain that? And that is the same power that God wants to use to allow you to endure through whatever it is that you think you're, you just cannot endure through. I don't want to belittle anything that any of us go through. But I do want to put it into perspective of God's power. And boy, anything we go through compared to God's power seems so small. That's exactly what Paul wants you to know. Is that he will give you patience and endurance through the day. And doesn't that put us on display for the world to see when, when our life is going to hell in a handbasket and we still go through life? Doesn't that put us on display for him? We're not telling you to ignore what's going on but rather to put it into perspective with the power of God that is at work inside of us to endure. This power. But also Paul talks about his possessions. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you or, or qualified you to share the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Now, Phil, next week, will talk, talk more about the spiritual inheritance, but, but let's just talk about possessional inheritance. God owns everything. He is simply sharing what he owns with you and with me. Well, I earned my job. Who gave you the skill to earn the job? I pay for my house. Who created the natural resources? And who gave that, that contractor and that builder genius to put that house together so it doesn't just fall on your head? God, right? God is simply just sharing in his inheritance, his possessions with us. And when we come from that mindset, what happens? Joy and thanksgiving. God's inheritance for joy. When we think we own everything, boy, that is a miserable life. Because we think we have to sustain it, and we think we have to go get more and more and more. But when we realize that God is merely sharing what he owns with us, then we can be joyful, and we can be thanksgivingful. Does that work? We can, we can have thanksgiving. Doesn't that put us on display? Doesn't that put us on display when we understand that, that God shares everything with us and we're joyful because of that? And that, that we're thankful for what we have because, because he is simply sharing what he already owns with us. Doesn't that put us on display? 
That's what he wants. That's what he's trying to do inside of us to, 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 to let us realize that he is simply sharing his inheritance with us. And then lastly, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. See, our mind and our heart goes towards the kingdom of darkness. It goes towards sin. But the Son, Jesus, He purchased our freedom. His blood bought our freedom on the cross. And He rescued us. He plucked us out of the, of the kingdom of darkness and slavery and put us into the kingdom of His Son and freedom. Freedom isn't the chance to do whatever we want to do. Freedom is living life without consequences. And when we are on display, and we are truly on display, and, and if we happen to be able to do that perfectly, we can't, but if we happen to be able to do that perfectly, we will live a life without any consequence. Zero. And that's freedom. But we talked about God's power, we talked about God's possession, and now this is, we're talking about the position that we have with God. Are we in His kingdom? He has forgiven us, He's wiped the slate clean, and He's put us into His kingdom, which is freedom. He does that through His Son. We're going to take a look deeper into that next week. But how does God put us on display? God transforms us for our own rescue. God transforms us for our own rescue. See, the danger is, is that we can know about God through all of this. Just facts. It's words on a page. Without knowing God. We can be in church every Sunday of our life. We could literally be born on the altar but not know God. The God that formed the cosmos, the God that formed the Grand Canyon, the God that died on the cross for your sin wants a personal relationship with every single one of us that's daily in order for our own transformation and rescue. To rescue you from whatever situation in life you find yourself in. That's what he wants. In John 17, 3, Jesus, this, this is a prayer of Jesus, and when this, and this is eternal life. Not this, not, not this is the way to eternal life, not this is to obtain eternal life. This is eternal life. That they, disciples, know you and the only true God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Some of, some of you may say, and I tried that Jesus thing before, but I just don't know. It just didn't work out for me. And maybe some of you have said that in your past and you've come back. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but consider this. Consider maybe what you're saying is, I tried Jesus, but, but I just had a bad experience with church. Because see, Jesus talks about this sort of life. He calls it an abundant life. He calls it an eternal life. He calls it a, a, a fountain that never runs dry. He calls it bread that always satisfies our deepest desires. He says it's a, it's a joy-filled life that never will be taken away from us. 
Look, if we really tried Jesus, if we ex- really experienced that Jesus, are we going to give up? Dude, man, whoo, it was way too joy-filled for me. I had to step out. Why not? That's what eternal life is. He wants you to know him. What's your next step with Jesus? Is it for salvation? Is it, is it to say to him for the first time, I want to know you? There are going to be people in the back. All they want to do is help you through that. Is it to be baptized? We'll talk more about baptism in the weeks ahead, but that ceremony that tells the world, I have been saved and I have a relationship with him. Not I've prayed a prayer. It's knowing about God. I know him. Is it to grab a reading plan and read along with us so that we can know the God that wants to give us life? Be in prayer this week for yourself. God, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to see what it's like to have this type of eternal life. I want life let's pray Lord I thank you for this time I thank you for what you've done I just pray Lord that you will give us life we can know you know the life that you want to give and that we can we can see that Lord I just pray that you will um Rescue us. Rescue us from our own kingdom and bring us into your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen.